The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. There's nobody who needs a homily from Hall Martin. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. He could be just saying that to get voted, maybe he doesn't even do any of it. This is Election Daily, the special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we're keeping you up to date on the general election campaign and this evening we're giving you the special treat of two podcasts because Pat Lee joins me in studio. Pat, we have just published the results of our final Ipsos MRBI poll before the election itself takes place. What are the results? Good evening, Hugh. And the results from the Ipsos MRBI jury are as follows. Fianna Fáil, 23% down to the comparison here being from our first poll of the campaign which was published in mid-January. Fianna Gael, 20% down three. Sinn Féin, 25% up four. Labour, 4% down one. Green Party, 8%, no change. Independence and others, 20% up two. So let me repeat the middle one there again. Sinn Féin, 25% up four. The largest party by support as measured by this opinion poll in the first time in the long and distinguished history of the Irish Times MRBI series. That is one of the most remarkable Ipsos MRBI polls I've ever heard, Pat. And it comes after a remarkable campaign in a way, because if you had, if I had sat in this studio with you a couple of weeks ago and said, do you know, Hugh, by the end of this campaign, by the last week of the campaign, I think Sinn Féin will be the largest party as measured by the opinion polls you would have called the men in white coats. If you had, if I had said that to Mary Lou Macdonald or to Pierce Doherty or to Ono Brin, I suspect their reaction would have been much the same. But we have seen this extraordinary surge in Sinn Féin's support in the second half of this campaign. You and I talked before about what I thought was the Sinn Féin reversion to the mean when they came back from the mid-teens that they had been late last year to about 20%. But I did not think at that stage that that growth would keep going and they would get to this position today. So it is really quite remarkable. What do you think is going on? Well, on one level, it seems quite straightforward. There is a mood for change in the country. And that's one thing, in fairness to our polling, that it is identified from a long way out. There is a real mood for change in the country. And Mary Lou Macdonald and her Sinn Féin colleagues have tapped into that. Voters do not believe, not enough of them for for Fianna Fáil's liking, believe that Fianna Fáil represents a change. Clearly, the government has great difficulty in representing a change. The smaller parties have been squeezed out. One of the surprises of this campaign is that climate change has not registered as an issue almost at all with the voters. And the Green Party, albeit that it remains on course for some seat gains, is becalmed at 8%. So those change voters, those voters who want to see a change in how the country is run, now, perhaps there, their agreement ends, but they want to see a change and Sinn Féin has tapped into that. It has become the voice for change. Now look, this poll was taken Thursday, Friday, Saturday last week. 
finished a week before polling takes place. There will be movements in the final week of polling. Fianna Fáil will, the final week of the campaign, Fianna Fáil in particular will point to a fairly well-established pattern of them putting on support between the last poll and the uh, and election day, just as Sinn Féin historically has tended to fall back. But my goodness, haven't they plenty of space to fall? They do. And I accept absolutely the cliche, it's a snapshot in time. There's still several days to go to the election itself. But if those numbers were to be replicated to some degree within a you know a margin of 2 or 3%. You could end up with a remarkable situation where Sinn Féin were the largest party or near to the largest party in share of the popular vote, but were well behind the other two parties, certainly behind Fianna Fáil, because with their 42 candidates and with the nature of uh, of their with the nature of their competing in the seats that, that they're competing in, uh, Harry McGee was talking to us just earlier, and he was saying he couldn't see them making taking a lot more than 30 seats or so. Yeah. Now, having said that, if we were to say this again a couple of weeks back, Sinn Féin would have taken your hand off for 30 seats, but clearly if they're polling at anywhere like 25%, that does not represent a proportionate return for that. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Sinn Féin were still taking candidates off tickets to account for what they expected the result of the election to be. They must which, be kicking themselves now. Yeah, we, 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 you would imagine so. But arguably to do anything else a couple of weeks ago, given the political landscape at the time and the where Sinn Féin was polling at, would have been reckless by the party leadership, which demonstrates, I think, you know, that it isn't, that Sinn Féin, uh, it's not just us that have been taken by surprise by this, Sinn Féin have been taken by surprise uh, by it as well. Now, the other thing that happened today was that RTE um, changed their plans for tomorrow's final major leaders debate. It'll now be a three-way debate. Uh, shows that I think our numbers show that they probably made the correct decision there. How does that contribute to this dynamic which we've seen happen over the next two weeks and perhaps for it continuing through this week, this move towards Sinn Féin? Well, you know, I think what you'll see tomorrow night is Mary Lou MacDonald trying to present herself as the alternative, as the option for change, as against the options of Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin. And on the face of it, you would have to say that she's starting with a considerable advantage there. I think, though, what the moderators will do and the, uh, because it's their job, and uh, her two opponents will do tomorrow night, is to try to press her on the details of that change. They will press her on the details of Sinn Féin's, uh, Sinn Féin's economic policy, uh, which uh, will not be all that palatable, I think, to uh, better off voters. They will press her on Sinn Féin's requirements for a poll on a united Ireland and various things like that, that really Sinn Féin hasn't... Uh, been forced to go into in all that much detail over the course of the campaign. One of the great skills that Mary Lou Macdonald, I think, has demonstrated as a campaigner in this, uh, uh, over these weeks, is to kind of glide across the top of the debates, if you like, promising change, which is something, as we've discussed, that lots of voters are interested in, without really ever being bogged down on the details of what that change would make. Change to what, I think, is the question that the party will face for the rest of the week. But is it not the case that the leaders, the two other leaders, Martin and Varadkar, are going to have to be really careful. They're going to have to hope, actually, that David McCullough and Miriam O'Callaghan do that job for them because the optics of the two of them ganging up and attacking Mary Lou Macdonald don't work very well. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, given the structure of this campaign, 
in a way, Mary Lou MacDonald was winning if she was left in, let into this debate, but also was almost winning if she was kept out of it as well because she could claim to be the anti-establishment candidate, the candidate of change who was excluded by the boys' club inside uh, in Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael that were excluding her and by extension her voters. Uh, but, you know, you get to this stage in all campaigns when voters have to make their minds up. Look, Looking at this, it's very clear that voters are making their minds up, very many of them, for a change. The only way that that can be even partially derailed, I think, by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael is by portraying that change as something threatening to voters. And that is something that our own focus groups will have suggested is in the minds of some voters. So if there is any takedown of part of this vote for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And at this stage, you would say that the limit of their ambition might be to pull Sinn Féin back to closer to 20%. I think it will come by planting those doubts in voters' minds that the change that Sinn Féin represents is not a change for the better. But I think they have their work cut out. And the other big question, of course, is, I mean, we essentially have three similarly sized parties uh, jockeying for as, as much of a share of a vote as they can get basically between them almost getting to three quarters of the of the total vote if the poll is to be believed. What happens after the election and what would voters like to see happen after the election? What, what kind of a government out of that assortment of parties would they like to see? Well, the one thing on the face of these numbers is there isn't going to be an obvious government. Um, now, if Fianna Fáil does a little bit better than in this poll and can push up its vote uh, on on election day and can get to something between 26, 27, maybe even 28%, then that pushes it up, I think, into the mid-50s in seat terms, perhaps as many as 60 seats. But that presupposes it does better than in this poll. And let's not forget the Fianna Fáil support is falling off a little bit uh, in this poll. But if that does materialise, then Fianna Fáil essentially becomes the anchor tenant uh, of the next government, I think, no matter what form it takes. So we asked voters what their preferred coalition options were and we gave them a list of what we think to be the possible coalitions. They came out briefly as follows. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, 14%. Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, 15%. Fianna Gael, Sinn Féin, 7%. Fianna Fáil, Labour and the Greens, 17%. Fianna Gael, Labour and the Greens, 14%. Now, you look at those and you think, well, what are the net figures for the parties? That is to say, you know, how many voters have expressed a preference for individual parties to be in any coalition? And they come out with Fianna Fáil uh, significantly ahead, I think. So the net Fianna Fáil figure is 46%. The net Sinn Féin figure is 22%. The net Fianna Gael figure 35%. And Sinn Féin is at the bottom of that pile. And again, if we, we also asked voters what party would they not like to see in government, trying to tap into those sort of kind of negative feelings that may have an impact uh, on, on, uh, on, on voting on when, when, when votes are cast as well. And again, Sinn Féin at the top of that. The party I would not like to see in government, Sinn Féin, 36%, Fianna Gael, 32%, least amount of negativity directed at Fianna Fáil, 23% of voters who say they would not like to see the party in government. So while it is behind Sinn Féin in the share of the vote, Fianna Fáil is ahead of Sinn Féin on the coalition choices here. And that 
may, uh, I think, have an impact on Saturday. That would be because, well, one of the contributory factors might be that because some of the smaller parties, for example, Green Party members, Green Party supporters, rather Labour Party supporters, uh, are more comfortable with the idea of a centre-left coalition with Fianna Fáil than, than the other options on the table. Yeah, I mean... And there's also, of course, a real, the, you know, how realistic are some of these The, the Fine Gael, Sinn Féin one looks Fine, unlike, unlike Fine Gael, Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, Fianna Gael, Sinn Féin. The top three choices that we offered voters, of course, all been ruled out uh, by, by some or all of their putative participants. So, you know, essentially, and we've talked about this in the studio before, uh, given the sort of realignments that we've seen in Irish politics since the great disruptive period of the economic crash. And this, if it comes true, will be the third big realignment in three general elections since that crash. But since that period, one of the consequences of that is that essentially the choice of government is a process with two stages. First of all, there's the general election then there's the period of putting together uh, a government after it on the basis of these figures... Who knows, we could be looking at a return to confidence in supply and that is unlikely to be something that is done uh, very quickly, I suspect. One last thing. What are the preferences of Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin voters in relation to coalition? Yeah, that's, that, that's an interesting question, I think. So if you look at Fianna Fáil voters, they prefer a coalition with Fianna Gael to a coalition with Sinn Féin by a fairly hefty margin, 25% to 16%. However, the feelings are not reciprocated by Sinn Féin voters who prefer Fianna, coalition with Fianna Fáil uh, to the tune of 43%. So that's a fairly hefty number in that context. Pat, thanks for that. That's it for today's emergency podcast. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. You can find us on all the usual platforms. You can also get us at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com. You can find us on Twitter. We'll be back very soon. Thanks for listening.